What is up, friends? I'm really excited for you to hear the conversation this week. It's with my friend Neil Barry, who releases music under the name Lucid, spelled L-U-Z-C-I-D. Some of you may have heard of him. He makes very intricate and heavy and melodic bass music. Neil is part of the label Wakan. It's a label and a collective, a group of very cool artists. It was started by Liquid Stranger. And so you know it's got those alien vibes. (laughs) Neil has released a lot of other music outside of that. um, And he's collabed with Bass Nectar a few times. He is one of my oldest friends in the music industry. And... I consider him a mad sound scientist. (laughs) Whenever we talk about production or sound frequencies or the engineering behind everything, he tends to twist my mind up a little bit. So it was really fun to have this conversation because we go deep. We take it lightly for the first 10 minutes or so. And then we take the conversation by the hand and jump off of a cliff. (laughs) So be prepared. We get into consciousness, aliens and extraterrestrials and interdimensional beings, uh, frequency in the universe. We go into the CIA paper that was released that is called uh, the Gateway Effect on Consciousness and the process and sound techniques behind that. Whenever I talk with this guy, I get so excited because the conversations have no limits. And in this conversation, just bear with me because you can tell my excitement. I say the word like about 550 times. (laughs) All I can do is laugh at myself. Um, But this discussion is so interesting because, well, it may seem like we're going up and up and up and all over the place in perspective, which we kind of are, all of the stuff that we're talking about relates back to the frequency of sound. And furthermore, your frequency and vibration as a human being. And so it all ties together. It's all kind of one big loop. And it all combines to a perspective around vibrating at your highest frequency possible and helping affect the world through that vibration. I will link to Neil's social links and artist profiles and music in the show notes. And I will also link to that CIA paper uh, around the gateway effect of consciousness if you would like to check it out for yourself. I hope this is just as much fun for you listening as it was for us recording it. As always, I love you, I'm grateful for you, and thanks for tuning in. Oh, it's good. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on this with me. I'm excited. You're one of my uh, my 
old time friends in this music industry thing. Oh yeah, man. I think we um, definitely got our starts around the same time, you know, 35 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for real, it's been about a decade now for both of us, which is pretty freaking crazy to think about. So yeah, I remember when, when Lucid was two of you. Now it's just you. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that is, that is wild. That's how you know if you're like, have known me a certain amount of time as if you've ever known that Lucid was a duo. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I just remembered the first time we met was when you came to Red Rocks at Global in, in Denver, however long ago that was. And that was the first time that we met in person. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was crazy, man. That was a, those couple of years, man, just, I mean, it's all seems surreal, but just that, especially just going to see Red Rocks and then, you know, getting kind of immersed in the music industry and then it actually being a real thing. Right. Cause I feel like as soon as you start going out of state and not being in your like hometown, you're like, Oh, like maybe this is a job, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, right. It's, yeah. doesn't feel like a job though. You went from, yeah. uh, went from, coming out to Colorado to so we could go to Bass Nectar shows to collabing with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty uh pretty crazy how quickly shit can happen when you manifest it. Yeah, <laughs> I really seriously. want it. <laughs> and you've just like I've always admired the authentic authenticity and like integrity that you've kept, you know. I think you had a lot of messages coming from the external of like you should do this with your music you should do that you should do this and like every time it was just kind of like it seemed like you were just like no uh-uh, no that doesn't really feel right i'm just gonna keep doing this <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean just nature of producing for like like i said like 10 years at this point is i mean shit we've seen everything from big room to trap to like you know future base to wherever rhythm so it's there's been so many fads and i've definitely tried my hand at them just because it's like oh this is a cool new thing that i would like to explore but also i felt like not really conforming to him being like okay now i'm a future base artist or now i only make rhythm i was just kind of like oh let me try these aspects within this weird uh melodic soup that yeah. i've got going here <laughs> yeah definitely and I, it was always from like you said it wasn't like i'm going to become a future bass artist or i'm going to become a bass house artist it was like let me see what the lucid sound can do with like this style of genres and i feel like then once you kind of like dipped your finger in that soup and tasted it a little bit that style pulled over to just like in general the type of music that you would make and it never became this like trying to follow this exact genre to tend to this crowd it was just like let me see how i can like be the intersection for all these different points of like styles yeah yeah definitely and um yeah it's just it definitely keeps it from getting old you know if you produce one genre or very specific type i could see that kind of getting old and i've always just did this because it was fun i always just like for the longest time and i I feel like i lost it to a degree for a couple years where i started you know getting just nervous about what was expected or what would do the best or what would push my career and give me the most stability um and i 
would straight stay true to my sound, but for example, like wrote more heavy music than chiller music because on the road a lot you're playing shows and it shows the heavy stuff is what hits. So there's certain things I felt influenced by that now I'm really kind of just feel freer than ever. Um, which is, that's great. Yeah, definitely. And like you, you were for the last couple of years, you've been really on that show, like consistency and that schedule of like live shows. Like that's that, like, I remember you just all of a sudden hitting a point where you were on the road, like all the time. And so now with the current state of things and COVID and the, the, the massive pump of brakes that it's put on the world, how, like, what were the initial kind of feelings that came up when it was like, oh shit, like these shows that I have scheduled out or that we're planning, like probably aren't going to happen. It was my specific situation. I was very much eased into it. Because when this first happened, no one had any fucking clue that it would be, you know, September now and we'd still be like, but I don't know. Um, everyone was, I mean, there is some were like, yeah, this is going to be over a year. But a lot of people, I feel like, like this will be a couple months. You know what I mean? We get a little like vacation, everyone. So I feel like a lot of people in the industry, myself included, like I had just gotten off of like three consecutive tours. And it was maybe weeks after that I finished that I like I wasn't even supposed to have another tour or anything until the fall. So I had some summer one offs. I had like a month off in the spring. Um, so that's why I say I was eased into it because my shows for the next couple months weren't immediately canceled. It wasn't until like a few months down the road more stuff started getting canceled. They're like, okay, now there's no Bonnaroo. Now, and I was kind of like, oh, fuck, you know, now this is, but at that point it had been so many months down the road that it wasn't, it didn't all like hit me at once, you know? So initially it was kind of like, okay, family time, you know, this is kind of nice. And I know my buddies who've been touring for five years straight can get some sanity. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, here we are in September. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Fuck? It's probably feeling that kind of like not the full force of it at first and it coming through and realization of like different levels is probably a bit easier on, on the ego side of things. <laughs> so the ego's not like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Then it's just yeah. like, Oh, all right. I can chill. I can make more music, like chill with family, kind of stay a little bit more grounded and take care of myself than being constantly thrust into new locations every single day yeah definitely just getting it it's so important you say that it's finding time for a routine too because um yeah traveling definitely throws that off so having consecutive time home my diet gets better because i can cook for myself more frequently um because my time schedule is more static i can more easily arrange you know workouts uh meditation stuff like that which is there's always time for it and it's important to adapt when we're on the road but the road's definitely a good excuse to <laughs> kind of let that stuff slide yeah gotta gotta balance it out for sure um you've always been like well, since I've known you, you've been fairly healthy, you know, eating a, a conscious diet and thinking about how you take care of your body. Like now that you said that you're home and like focusing on that and have time for that, how has like the consistency around that impacted like the, the creative flow? Um, 
it's it's changed a ton for me uh, creatively because uh, I've had time to really analyze where I produce from in the first place, like where I'm driving, like why I'm writing the songs that I'm writing. And that's why I said I almost kind of lost this sense of just like writing from pure creative, like love and like of, of what I want to put out there and kind of looking at like, oh, well, uh, Bass House is popular now, so maybe I should do a little bit of that. Um, so I feel like this year has been very liberating for me to just be like, um, not look at what the music can do for me when after it's produced, but look at what the music can do for everyone else for the, at, while I'm producing it. Mm-hmm. And immediately my music, my just it changed everything. It was like such a basic thought but it really uh yeah profoundly changed my outlook of the whole industry i mean i gotta you know thank uh martin liquid stranger for that too because he was the one who basically told me uh, this just like you know we work really hard you just the focus their intention is uh, a little off here so i feel like if you approach it from what can i do for other people instead of how can this benefit me um yeah so Thanks, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's such a, like you said, it's such a simple concept to kind of like flip the perspective around, but it's like, I think the general idea from, you know, becoming a more spiritual person, or I guess unlearning the programming that prevents us from tapping into our spiritual identity, identity is that like, you be, you become more of service to people and it's, it's less about like, what am I receiving and more about like, what am I giving? So it's almost like your perspective switched to like the being of service rather than like, Oh, how can I make this to get more streams, get more ticket sales, et cetera. And that's not a bad thing, but it's almost like you release that need and that attachment to it when you switch that perspective. Definitely. No, a hundred percent. And it's kind of an analogy I've used in the past, which I partially true, but not to the extreme that I believed it in is I was like, picture yourself as a fruit tree, right? And if you let people pick off your leaves and your branches too early, you will not produce fruit and you will not be a big enough tree to then support more people. But on the same thing, if you just hoard your fruit for so long, at what point are you big enough to then, you know, start giving energy back? So it's more like if you become a proactive energy giver, if you start giving energy that you think you don't have, you'll be surprised how quickly like the universe supplements that. Um, And yeah, it's it's something I've noticed a ton this past year is just like giving up and just giving out and it's just like everything comes back to you and it's even something cool i could touch upon uh i've been reading this like thermodynamics um article which basically says like the reason for life or existence is to redistribute energy so if you have like a thermodynamic system uh it's always going to dissipate into a way where the energy is all evenly distributed so you have a hot cup of coffee and you set the coffee in a cold room, eventually the co- hot cup of coffee is going to become the same temperature as the room because energy is always trying to dissipate uh, evenly. So it's the same thing within the universe, right? The Big Bang causes huge, dense explosion of energy. 
and it's been trying to dissipate equally this whole time. Um, and it states that the reason for life and, you know, consciousness and existence is that organic beings and matter. And if, even if you think about it, like galaxies and solar systems are intelligent organization of molecules and atoms that dissipate energy from their environment in a highly accelerated way. So if you think about the particles just floating and slowly dissipating, it would take way longer than if they collapsed into a sun and burned at fucking, you know, this crazy speed. So if you fractalize that down to a person, we're basically these giant biochemical factories that we take in, um, like sunlight goes photosynthesizes through plants, and then we eat that and dissipate it through body heat energy. So this dissipation and redistribution of energy, if you show the universe that you are a good redistributor of energy, it's going to then supply more energy through you just from the basic equations of thermodynamics, which is pretty fucking cool. Make Sorry it my, for the rants. Make it known. That, that's exactly what we're doing this, this for. Keep going on rants. That was making my head spin a little bit, but it was making me think of like, so essentially it's like, equilibrium like trying to reach a state of equilibrium and like that makes me think of the idea of like homeostasis in like biology which is like like differentiating between the bad and the good and being a problem solver around the bad to strive for good which is like essentially the ultimate drive for like all evolution in the universe and like what you said is like each like galaxy even and like is is a conscious being within itself that is housing more conscious beings down to like the micro level and each thing is kind of like an energy system that is then like recycling all of that through i've heard also like with the earth and like when uh a human or a material being dies that like the consciousness is then recycled back through the the organism and it kind of like clears out the data that it's absorbed in this in that lifetime and then redistribute redistributes it back through the whole into a new individual being which is essentially like reincarnation and then like when the consciousness is living as that individual being as that individual being they're trying to achieve equilibrium within themselves too. And so then once you show that like you are reaching those states, then the universe is and the planet that whatever organism you're living in that energy field, is going to distribute more of that energy for you to like equalize. And so it just turns into this like recycle. Symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's yep. Yeah, it's it, it kind of even it's funny I would talk about everything being fractals, but like you said, the energy is recycled the same way in a garden. You know what I mean? It's it's compost. It's like soil compost. Uh, <laughs> it goes you get all the data and everything from the plants and you mix it back up and grow new, bigger, better plants. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, our conversations have never really taken the surface level so i'm glad that we're jumping into the juicy stuff quickly <laughs> the things that always steer that way we yeah can't help it. <laughs> uh, 
And it's interesting that, you know, over the last few years, how we've had conversations about time and aliens and the universe, consciousness, whatever it is. Now, as we like evolve into different states of consciousness, it's like we get better understanding and a, a better grasp of the topics. And then we can even go like, then to that new level and like inquire about like, oh, oh, what does this mean? Like, what does that mean? And so like something that we've been talking about is like the uh, gateway effect of consciousness and how the CIA released that paper that is uh, describing like the hemisync. That's what it's called, right? Hemisync? Yeah, yeah. The, the so meditation. That's the audio technology they use to basically to create a, like a hyper suggestibility within yourself. It's yeah. Like a- so what we'll get into more of the context around that, like report basically, but like, how did you feel when you first read that report? And like, it made you like, it was, re- you know, it was done in what, like 82, 83 or something like that. And they just released it in like, no, it was actually, no, I think it was, public pretty it's been public for quite some time i'm not sure when i think it was like early 2000s or something like 2003 okay. or 2004 okay maybe. yeah that makes sense yeah but definitely. like still you know it's that whole 20 year process of like them running the experiments and then it coming out and so like what did it make you feel like when you were reading through it and it was just kind of this like for me it was like you know i had been seeing these ideas in different spiritual philosophies and stuff that's more like a lot more metaphorical around how it's described but reading it from a like scientific perspective and like like the quantitative language around it it's like our our western cultured mind is we a lot of us need evidence we need evidence first in order to believe it and then so then when you read this paper it's like this is the evidence that we've been waiting for about it's our funny, consciousness. Like spirituality is kind of a court of law in Western society. Yeah, it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it, you know, being someone who's very scientifically minded and also, you know, Western society, where you kind of want to, you like believe this stuff, but it's definitely when you see it proved in multiple ways, especially on quantitative levels, you're like, Fuck yeah, I knew it. Like, <laughs> but um, it's yeah, it was really neat because it touched upon. It's it's so crazy. I feel like I have these breakthroughs every. You know, like we said, we've been talking about this stuff for years, and it's like, oh, string theory. Like, it could everything could be vibrations, and then we're like, oh, holograms. Everything you know could be a hologram, and then it's instead of this stuff getting disproven by new stuff, the new stuff is proving the old stuff was fundamentally right which is even crazier like it's being widely accepted now that the universe is literally has a holographic nature so and the fact that this was written back in you know the cia was pretty down with this concept in the 80s um so seeing all these concepts that otherwise people might look at as uh science fiction or conspiracy theory it's kind of like then solidified and yeah, pretty kind of like feeling uh, finding the Holy grail in your own spirituality. Cause this is like my religion in a way. And, I mean, it is, it's like my, I say spirituality over religion just cause I feel like religion tends to have these strict non-changing lines 
and my lines are fucking constantly changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know I mean, what that's, I believe. That's the beauty of the scientific process and the scientific mind is that like you're waiting to either be proven or disproven. And then based on that, then you move forward, you know? And so it's like religion, like, you know, organized religion is very controlled. It's like a, it's like a container of like, this is the only way to believe in this stuff versus spirituality. It's just like the universe is spiritual. Like we're, we're spiritual beings, we're consciousness, like incarnating in a human body. And it's like remembering that and coming back to the identity. Like you don't learn it, you remember it. And it's like, oh yeah, I've known this. I know I feel this so deep in my heart that it, like it resonates on that level of truth that like, I was, I've been searching for, you know, it's like I, and a great philosopher once said back to life, back to reality. I, I, I've only, wait, what is that from? Uh, it's Backstreet Boys. Okay. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, that's a philosopher. <laughs> oh man. Whoever they had writing their lyrics, they're on point. <laughs> right? that's some woke shit. Little did we know. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's that frequency of truth, man. Even if you don't understand what is being said, that frequency just like pulls you in. Clearly, the Backstreet Boys had some fucking neuroscientists writing for them or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. They did the Hemi sing before hitting that album. Like, all right, guys, we're going to go check out Monroe Institute. Then we're hitting the studio and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But so like, why, why don't you explain in simple form as simple as possible i know it's a dense report but like you've you've sunk into it a little bit more than i have i just know kind of like the general things but kind of explain what the context of it is and for anyone listening like will i'll link to whatever i can find where you can download these documents or whatever it is because it's on public database now yeah yeah definitely um so the few main concepts to understand one is um the two hemispheres of the brain and how they function um the one hemisphere of the brain um takes in all the outside stimulus data and then feeds it to the other side of the brain which then basically decides how to act on this stimulus or this suggestion now what you can do is um turn off one side of the brain in a way so that data can be fed directly to the side of the brain that decides what to do with the stimulus. So that's why you see hypnotists or whatever. They say, your chair is hot. And they're like, oh my God, my chair is hot. And they start like freaking out on stage because what they do is they send direct suggestion to the side of the brain that's receiving stimulus that's said to be hot. And it's ignoring all the side of the brain that actually takes in this, this sensory input. So doing something similar is if you can create a uh, resonant frequency on both sides of your brain that are the same, because both sides of your brain operate on different frequencies, and um, a lot of times there's not a lot of coherency between them. So if you do this, it basically creates a channel. It's like tuning into the same radio station on both sides of your brain. Now the walkie-talkie works you know, seamlessly. Um, so HemiSync technology does this. This is what their patented technology does is it uh, synchronizes both hemispheres of your brain. Um, it does this by putting one frequency in one ear and another very similar frequency in the second ear. Now, 
to create a, then it creates a binaural beat, which is the difference between the two frequencies. So if I have 100 hertz in my right ear and uh, 93 hertz in my left ear, I will hear a binaural beat of 7 hertz, which is where you hear the when you're listening to all those, you know, meditation binaural beat stuff. And that frequency doesn't actually exist outside of your mind. Your brain is creating that third frequency because it's of it's a phenomena that happens when you have these distinct frequencies in each ear. So that's why they always tell you put on headphones because you need that stereo isolation. So um, the synchronization comes through that effect. But then there's also something called a frequency follow response where your brain will try to mimic the frequency of a frequency that it's hearing or that it's feeling if you're on something that's vibrating. This is a theory why I think uh, I personally fall asleep on car rides or plane rides or things that have an oscillation or like a shaking is what happens is this frequency is picked up by your brain and your brain waves then try to mimic this frequency. That's why you see seven hertz is a common frequency to tune for binaural beats. And that's because seven hertz is, uh, I believe it's the, the theta waves, which is, um, I know it's associated with like deep sleep, transcendental meditation in a very deep state. So when you hear the binaural beat, it synchronizes the hemispheres of your brain and then uses frequency follow response to lower your frequency to that of a uh, seven hertz. Seven hertz is also the resonant frequency of uh, the earth for the like electromagnetic sphere we all live in. So like I said before, when you have resonant frequencies that are in tune and in phase, it's like having a radio or walkie talkies on the same channel. So imagine, you know, everyone like earth is seven Hertz. So it's a median and with a medium in which everything at seven Hertz can communicate or transmit through. So that gives the means for telepathy right there. Um, you know, if we all lived on this, this spectrum. So that is essentially, uh, less I'm completely off base, but how their hemisync works. Um, and once you're in this suggestive kind of like deeper state, you, um, can then learn to do other things like astral project, remote view, travel. It, it puts you in a place where you can start to receive information from the void, basically the global global consciousness in which, you know, you can turn off this dream, so to speak, and see and gain knowledge from what's really there using your true self outside of your physical body. Um, and that's, you know, one of the affirmations is realizing you're more than physical matter. You know, you are primarily a consciousness. Um, so that's why the CIA got involved because um, I think initially they were interested in spying. They wanted to, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, because the Soviets back in the Cold War were spying and they're like, oh, shit, what if the Soviets just pop in on our missile codes and all of a sudden they have all our nuclear launch codes and that's not good. Well, maybe we should try to get theirs or, no, I mean, this is speculation. It's obviously not in the documents like, Hey, we're using these to spy on the Soviets, but um, it's, you know, speculation, which would make sense when they were going and doing these was, you know, in the seventies. 
into 80s up to, I believe, 95 or something like that is when they stopped publicly doing it. I believe they're still doing it. Um, but, um, yeah, the remote viewing was a big interest. Um, and then all kinds of, like, you could travel to the future, the past. There's, there's lots of uh, abilities that were explored using this healing as well, you know, energy healing. Um it kind of leads down the road to a lot of meta metaphysical abilities, um, which yeah, the CIA was exploring. And it's funny is they were what the program lasted for like over a decade. And then at the end of it, there's like, there was no credible data. It was a waste of time. That's why we're stopping it. It's like, yeah, I usually waste 15 years on shit that doesn't matter either. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And dump, you know, millions of dollars. So that's why that's the evidence behind me thinking that, like, why do it for so long? And there's also just the accounts of what happened in this, like, of remote viewers who, like, it's even in the CIA doc of, like, people who they tried to use as a control. And the, con the, the control subject had more psychic ability than people they were training, ended up being one of their, like, star psycho athletes, psychonaut <laughs> athletes. Like, yeah. you know, they ended up, like, finding... Uh, an ancient ruin in like Egypt or something where they, they remote view. They're like, we want you to go here and remote view it and then come up out of the ground and tell us where you are latitude and longitude. And she did that and they went there and excavated and it was in like within 10 meters or something. The that's, site. That's insane. Yeah. I've also seen that there's another document that they released that was like about remote viewing and like they sent two different people. They had the remote view to like Jupiter, I think it was. And it was like two different controlled experiments and both people came back describing like the exact same thing. And it's, it's so interesting to hear you explain all of it in like the, that scientific format, because I started doing a uh, transcendental and Vedic meditation. And it's basically like reciting a, a mantra over and over again and dropping into this like, transcendent state yeah. of consciousness and like right now i'm at the stage where like you kind of detox from like a lot of the fatigue and stress and stuff that you've like held in your body for so long and so that's been a ridiculous process <laughs> um but it's interesting because like i i read a book that was kind of like an introduction to it a while ago and it talks about exactly what you said with the hemispheres and so it's like what is it? The right hemisphere of the brain is the one that takes stuff in. And then the left the hemisphere left. is what kind of like soaks it all up and analyzes everything and follows it up. And so it's like, when you think about that in relation to the body, cause it, it crisscrosses, right? And so it's like on for the right hemisphere of your brain, it would be the left side of your body, which the left side is the heart, the soul, yeah. the intuition. And then the right side of your body is the ego is is the idea and that's where the two different separate states of consciousness type live and so then you have the ego in the left left hemisphere with the logic and the reason and the analyzation of everything coming to what we're realizing is be the backup that follows everything and like the other side is what soaks it in but we've been yeah. so conditioned in the western culture to only live in our egos so it's like we get stuck in the left hemisphere of our brain and we're just analyzing everything so logically and with so much reason that it's like we 
are bypassing a whole other side of our consciousness that is like not being used. And then the more you use your ego, the more it's going to take up that space like in the brain. Um, Cause it's like, what is the term neurons that fire together, wire together. And so it's like the more you yeah. use, the more location it's taking up. But like in this book about uh, the introduction to transcendental meditation, it talks about the neuroscience behind the meditation and what it does to the brain and how it creates the coherence between the brain hemispheres. And it actually increases, I think it's called the gray matter that is, yeah. it, that is in the middle of both hemispheres and it increases it, which I, I, that's as deep as I can go on understanding what it exactly it means. But I know that increasing the gray matter is good for the brain and it creates more coherence. And so it's almost like it's showing that like, the more like anybody can do this, anybody can practice and work that muscle out the brain muscle and learn to like tap into these frequencies. And like you said, tune the radio receiver to the frequencies of being able to almost live telepathically, you know, that's the, the goal. And power. Yeah. That's yeah. the goal. Where everything you know? is created from. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, the more I dig into ideas and, and uh, studies around extraterrestrial life and, and other dimensional beings who are living, you know, in what is said to be the sixth dimension and the seventh dimension and some even who live in the twelfth dimension, it's like they live in thought. They don't have to use words to communicate with each other. They just, it's, thought, it's just yeah. like a telepathic resonance, this vibrational resonance. And like, that's how they travel through space too. It's like, it is done by thought, by, by taking themselves in thought from point A to point B and things just kind of like move outside of time and space into that new location. And so it's like, this is what the ascension of consciousness is about. It's about us understanding that the limited container that's been put into our perception and programmed to keep us at that state of doubt and disbelief that we have these these powers like this is us on our way to becoming an advanced civilization in the universe and so it's like just reiterating that like no one is more special than anybody else when it comes to these things and in, in anything in general, but yeah. like everybody can learn and practice this. It's just like working out that muscle. It's just like working out that muscle of the mind. Yeah, no, and entirely. And that's why I, I said something the other day, tweeted about like, once you understand quantum physics, you really stop being depressed because you realize you're everything and there's, infinite power and energy within every infinitesimal space you know what i mean within the void like everything is you know go back to string theory and stuff like that where it's all just frequency and this what is dark matter and then matter is born out of this dark matter and then it also goes back to it so it's the very fundamental of where even tangible energy or matter as we see it is born out of this space so it's like you know, instead of like burning coal and all this, it's like so primitive when you think of like, or literally like you are the consciousness that spawns all matter as you know it. If you can tap into that, that is the, it's not putting a bandaid on the wound. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's getting to the root of what 
energy and existence is. And that's, you know, where, you, you know, you've mentioned like quantum healing and, and stuff. That's it's literally like if you're made of entirely energy, like entirely atoms and electrons, why is it so crazy to think by manipulating and adding energy to that situation that it could be healing? It's just like, it's the most fundamental level of like what you are. It's so obviously if you're hurt, it's an energy issue, you know, at that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and it's, it is simple to grasp in a way, like the concepts of it. But then once you get into the details, obviously it gets a little kind of like mind fucky, but like, let me see the scientific method. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's where it gets complicated and hard to understand, but it's like, you know, the truth is simple. The the capital T truth, it really is simple. And it's like, yeah. there's one consciousness, one energetic, divine consciousness, intelligent consciousness that has created the universe to experience itself through a subjective lens and remember back to itself that it is a piece of itself. And it's like, yeah. then what you were mentioning about like, the the void of things basically and like uh do you know who uh dr joe dispenza is have you heard of him sounds really familiar he's he's got a really big movement uh right now around the around meditation and and the the science he's a neuroscientist who quantumly healed his back injury rather than having surgery and He has a global movement right now that's basically where he's breaking down the neuroscience of his uh, meditation practices and he's all about tapping into the quantum void and the quantum field and accessing what you were saying is that like creation aspect of our consciousness and knowing and like knowing that you can generate and manifest, you know, that word is thrown around everywhere these days, but like manifesting the reality that you want and the reality that you want to create because everything is created within that quantum field. So if you can tap into it and you're almost like generating that future reality back to yourself at this, at this point in time. And so, yeah, yeah. That like you being a conscious being shows your ability to project yourself into the universe, which is how the universe became to begin with. Like you said, it was the original consciousness projecting itself into the universe as physical matter. And the same thing is if you're aware that you are alive, you're conscious. And because of this, that is because you are projecting the hologram of yourself from your consciousness within this matter physical you know thing and then you're looking at it and comparing it with what you are it's only the comparison between the projection of yourself and yourself that you can create a difference and this difference is your consciousness or this it creates the awareness that there is even a difference like that's uh I mean, the, the famous line from the Eckhart Tolle book is he said, like, I hate myself is how this all started. And he's like, wait, how can I hate myself? I'm two different things. Oh, fuck. And then, you know, it all kind of exploded. Damn, that's crazy. I've never heard that before. I've also heard that, like, uh, I mean, I definitely understand that from like a, a, a human being level of noticing that almost like duality within that short statement. But something else I've heard around like the the divine consciousness creating the universe is that it created it 
out of a sense of loneliness. And so like, that's why everything stems from that darkness where the darkness spawns the light similar to as like the silence spawns the sound, but it's like the void of loneliness that lives within each human is the whole reason the universe was created because that divine consciousness wanted to experience itself and get back to loving itself essentially. And so it's like by understanding the paradox of loneliness that like we're not alone, but because we are all aspects of the infinite creation, it's like, we're just, we're, we're at, it kind of just removes the seriousness of everything. It's just like, it's this dance. It's like it's this play, this game, this like exactly. ho- this holog- play. This, it's this like hologram. watching a play. Yeah. yeah. And it's like uh um I read this book called The Cosmic Game by Stanislav Grof, who's a, a consciousness like researcher from back in the in the sixties and seventies. Um but he talks about it in terms of it being a game. And he is a uh transpersonal psychologist and therapist and works with uh like LSD therapy and psilocybin. I think it's more LSD, but the the he talks about different uh experiences that his patients have had. Um and one of them that I have not been able to stop thinking about in this book is that this woman went to this other dimensional reality where she was experiencing herself as like a pure form of consciousness on a like cosmic board game and there were these like these beings who were talking about creating a game because they were bored and they and they were talking about the creation of the universe and how it's like it essentially is this game this this movie this drama like all fused together and then you think about like the opposition of of darkness and light well our human mind likes to think of it as like good and evil it's just like these different teams trying to work with each other to create equilibrium to create that perpetual drive of equilibrium and when you like when you think of it from these perspectives it's like it's just it's beautiful and it just takes the seriousness out of it for me. It's just like, it's just fun, you know? And it's like when you see the, the gurus who have been meditating in caves in India for 30 plus years, and they're at this level of cosmic consciousness where they can tap into any dimension at will, all they do is laugh. They're just making yeah. jokes. Like the stories of them is like it's because all the issues are that it's just so mundane or something. You're just like, I mean, as real it is, as it is, someone's like, "Oh fuck, I missed my car insurance payment this month," and they're like, "Wait, you're talking?" It, it just it's almost like someone being really pissed that like their car got stolen in GTA or something. Yeah, and you're exactly. Like, just, who cares? Just don't play the game and fucking. And it's just, like, did you learn from it? Are you learning from it? And it's like, if that's the only objective from a soul is to like learn through the life experience, no matter what's happening, no matter the outcome, no matter what happens in that subjective perspective like as long as you're like it, we're just here to learn we're just here yeah. to observe and not saying like don't go not like stop paying rent and like eating groceries hey like, if you feel like you're gonna learn through that and that's what you want to do then 
be my yeah. guest. <laughs> it's like, just because I see a lot of times, uh, it's weird, like nihilism almost forms out of like people can, on the spiritual yeah. path. They reach this level and then they get nihilistic because they're just like, oh, this is just like a, a prison, a soul prison. Or Nothing just, like, matters. Simulation. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I don't care how I like play this game, but it's, it's something I've talked about even like, um, like people show their true selves when you play video games with them right because this is they they could be anyone they want in this world so it's who they choose to be so it's almost a truer self of who they are than you know in the real world so it's the same thing here like this is who you're choosing to be so when you go to your higher soul dimension people would be like dude you are a real dick in that game i don't want to play with you here. Like, you're just not fun dude i saw you screen peeking the whole time that was bullshit like unplug oh, my controller that's so good i love that analogy but yeah there, this quote from shakespeare has actually been on my mind recently and it's like all the world's a stage all the men and women mere players uh they all have their entrances and they all have their exits and it's like it is like the idea of the cosmic drama and like the cosmic play it's like each soul before it incarnates because a soul in a, a dimensional energy that lives outside of the 3d realm is perceiving things outside of time so it's like it's seeing everything that's happened or will happen and then going "Ooh, like that looks fun to be this character like i'm gonna jump in and incarnate as this one and then you know once that character is over or dies in the game they come back out and it's like okay what character am i going to be next like what it's all new perspectives yeah too. So that's, it's, that's another kind of important thing to understand when you're getting into something, experiencing itself like in all perspectives is to kind of like, uh, I don't say the necessary for good and evil, but definitely the balance of it. If you want to see every aspect of yourself, um, it's not just the nice parts. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not just your Instagram profile. <laughs> it's all the, all the, your best moments. If you want to be real about it, especially as like an eternal consciousness, you're going to project all all parts yeah exactly and it's like from that from that high perspective it's like morality does not exist and you know this doesn't mean like go out and like you know make choices that that like hurt other people but it's like people like a soul chooses to incarnate as a character that is going to live on the team of darkness or it's going to live in that vibration and and that's that soul's purpose for that lifetime and like when we can remove this idea of like oh good and evil because i think a lot of times evil is perceived as like that's outside of god or outside of the divine when it's like it all is that consciousness like all is of or nothing is we can see other people and the choices that they make as just that it's their soul learning something and like yeah, well no, it, no story is interesting without an antagonist so something's truly boring and bored and wanted to create a, a play of itself as all the characters it's going to you know have an antagonist is going to be some story to tell yeah not just like well i walked along a road and it everything was great yeah so it was great. <laughs> it's like oh good story dude yeah exactly you should tell that story at parties yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like in this book that I'm reading called The Law of One Raw Material, I was telling you about it, like, it's describing how, like, it's all trying to learn and move towards the same thing, that state of 
whatever it is, homeostasis equilibrium, but like when it's moving up in the levels of consciousness, in the dimensions of consciousness within the human being, you know, the, the seven chakras as those different dimensions, like you can learn through any choice that you're going to make. And some people are serving the self versus some people are serving others and they're, they're learning through the same way, but it's all aiming back to understanding that we are all one. We're all unified on this specific, like singular consciousness. And like, think about what that does for so many issues that we see, you know, like the, the crazy. Well, division's like the number one issue is the number one thing everywhere is division is people like it's, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Like I, we're not even getting too much into it. Politics is the number one thing. It's just like, it's basically a reality TV show created to create, to make two different teams. Yeah. It's like the most obviously divisive tool I've ever seen, but still, so many i mean they do a really good job granted you guys kill it <laughs> like i can see what it is it is some like genius level mind control yeah sure. <laughs> yeah for real but it's just like it's the it's the number one thing is creating getting people on the same team to think they're not on the same team to get like everyone over on that team yeah yeah exactly so it's like if you separate people from this idea that they're all one consciousness you know then that's that's definitely conquer and divide yeah exactly and it's like the only thing that yeah it's like the only thing that creates that division is the belief in the separation from the ego and it's like that's been at the the foundation of the conditioning of our perception over the last thousands upon thousands of years from the people who have sat on top of the levels of society and and implemented things to control it's like material like materialism conditioning programming that this body is the only thing that exists therefore like how can you believe in something else when all you think that exists is this body and it's like that perpetuates separation so much and so all you see is is race, is labels, is genders, is is this, is that. And I'm not saying that those things don't exist because they all coexist together. They're just not the only thing. And so there's not separation tools. Yeah, They're just exactly. things. It's just like, yeah, it's just it's just your avatar. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's like it's it's so funny. It's Kelsey with uh my girlfriend, for those of you unaware, whenever she plays games, she just flicks through the avatar. She's like, I don't give a fuck what my character looks like. I'm trying to play. And it's so funny. Is just like, that is actually a great way to approach it. Yeah. Like, just play the game. And at the end of the day, no one gives a fuck. What, I mean, people do give a fuck what your character looks like, unfortunately. But it's just like, in these games, right? You see a character that looks very lackluster. It's like, oh, you don't have all these special whatever garb or anything and then you get your ass whooped (laughs) oh that's why they've just been playing the game the whole time they're not like sorting through hats uh so yeah same thing here it's just like a lot of you know the most successful people or you know spiritually successful or happy not always the prettiest you know because they don't fucking care because there's because really there's no frame of reference for pretty it's like yeah exactly pretty by yeah i guess like hollywood standards yeah but then you exactly. look at them and they're, they're beautiful on every other standard like that dude's got no teeth but that's the nice <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and it's like 
the you know the the small cliche lines of like real beauty it comes from the inside it's like yeah, it's yeah, it, there, there's a reason why those those small little bits of truth exist for so long it's because they they are the truest you know like one in, in every sense of the word definitely but, Oh yeah, man! I'm I'm glad we were able to go deep on that. I haven't been able to do that on uh, on this podcast yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, man. It was it was inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like, what is next for you on a on a personal level in terms of like things that you want to uh, achieve, but also just you know the next phase of the journey for Neil and also for, for lucid on the music side. Definitely. Um, I mean, next stage is I've, I've really gotten into meditation. A lot of the stuff we've talked about, you know, just kind of the theories behind what the, the Monroe Institute does and just getting more in touch with this true self and kind of detaching from a lot of these stigmas like, and my, you know, daily meditation mantras, the two things I throw out the window, the first one is time. Time is the very first thing that I get rid of the concept that I need to have this much done by this age, or I need to, you know, do this after a certain, I need to, you know, have kids by this time, or just all these societal constructs that, because I, I just turned 30 this year. So obviously a lot of people, you know, their quarter life crisis or midlife crisis and all that stuff. Um, but being able to look at all that with throughout the scope that we typically look at it through. And that's been, that's been helping a ton. And then the second thing I throw out is expectation, which is if I do this, then this will happen. Um, and then I'll be happy. Um, you know, if I grow a garden, I'll be able to eat healthier and then I'll be happy. It's like, well, what if you grow a garden and a fucking hurricane ruins it? You know, it's just like, you can't, then what? You're just never going to eat healthy? Like, so you can't, you can't create all these lines of expectation like this. You're going to be like, I'm going to grow a garden because it feels good. Because it's just, it, it's what I want to do right now. And if I get food out of it, that's great. But I'm not growing it just for this ultimatum end goal. And taking that and extrapolating that to all things in life, your relationships too. I'm going to, you know, send this to this person in hopes that down the road they give me something back, which a lot of our relationships are. And the funny thing is, is I've had relationships like this and I always get fucking burned on them. Every time I think I'm about to like use, so not necessarily use someone, I'm definitely not the kind of person to just like do that. But I enter a relationship that I otherwise wouldn't enter because I feel like something is available to me through this person. And it always fucks me over 10 times worse than what I thought I was going to get out of it. It's just like, oh, they, they robbed me. That's cool. Like, you know, it's just you're not going to win that game um, because it's your intentions wrong. You know what I mean? It's a lesson from the universe. Being, oh, no, we tested you and you slipped up there. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I love that because, like you said, it carries on over into everything about life. Like, it's essentially focusing on the process and not the result, not the outcome. Because, like, when you're focused on the result, when you're focused on the outcome, the ego attaches itself to it. And it's like, I need this to happen in order to feel this way. But, and then that's completely removing your attention from the present moment and putting it in the future. And so it's like, 
when you're focusing on the process just to enjoy the process, whether it be making music or growing a garden or just living life day to day, hour to hour, not at this like, I need to achieve this by a certain point in my life, etc. It's like, that is what the soul is like here to do. It's here to learn through the process and Be maybe for of the whole thing yeah. without being judgmental to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe for a time, you know, this, the soul, the higher self designed a, a period of life where you do focus on the future for a lot of time. And then you kind of realize like, oh, I think living more presently brings me so much more fulfillment and joy like in that moment. And I know that's, been my process so far and that's kind of like the whole process of tapping more into the spiritual identity and becoming more present and and moving away from the solidified ego and more into the heart and opening the heart to just like the present consciousness awareness uh love that is there at like every single moment true true happiness because yeah everything else is truly like an addiction being fed. If you're happy because you have a good job, that's an addiction you have to the attention, the monetary value, the things you get from that job. If that's taken away, there goes your happiness. Even to people, um, it's good to have, you know, loving relationships, but if all of your happiness is in, you know, say your spouse or this one person and God forbid they're taken away, um, and that's all your happiness, you know, you, can't kind of put all your eggs in one basket and understand that your happiness comes from not these physical things. Those are things that your ego is feeding off of that. It's like, Oh yes, mine, mine, mine. But it's like, man, the greatest example and it's so fucking scary is a lot of the EDM Twitter. It's just like, it's a lot of just like, do I look good in this? Or the constant, constant need for validation from other people. And it's just like, uh, like body positivity, I'm great for all that, but don't spin that into an incessant need for this validation because that becomes an addiction just like anything else. And fucking, you know, you have a, I don't know, like me, you lose a fucking tooth or something, you know what I mean? You, you lose your shit. <laughs> and so it's just like, you can't get too hung up on that shit, man. It's just like, it fucking happens. And, uh, it's, it's, any any addictions even like i've talked about you know smoking weed and being dependent on that that's something i'm currently that's a, a big personal journey of mine um i've started get back into my lucid dreaming and keeping a dream journal and um stop smoking which all those things are just definitely a rocket ship to the dream world uh, <laughs> yeah let's t- let's touch on that for a second cuz i stopped smoking uh too i'm in a i'm in a space right now where i haven't smoked weed in like five weeks straight now at this point. Okay, that's a lot better than me. You're on well, it took me a while to get there. It like, you know, it was weaning it out slowly and and kind of, you know, going this many days without it and then getting back on it and this many days, et cetera. And it was funny because I actually reached a point, you know, as I've dove into kind of like the rabbit hole around the possibilities of what's going on in the external world with the governments and all that stuff. I started getting really paranoid when when I would smoke and I would just get in this state of just like complete like flight or flight or flight, like just sitting on my couch. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, clearly this is a sign that like we need to, we need to take a break from this for a little bit. And so I got rid of everything 
because I'm the type of person where it's like if it's in my vicinity, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it and I'm gonna smoke it. And so it's like just got rid of it. And you know, I've had cravings come up, but because I don't have it anywhere, it's like, all right, I'm just gonna push through this. And I love dreaming. I've always had very lucid dreams. I've always had very vivid dreams. They they tell in stories and the stories continue. And it's like, I love analyzing them. And that's been one of my favorite things from stopping smoking weed is that one, I just sleep better in general. And two, like, I know that when I'm going to bed, I'm like, all right, I'm ready for this. Like, let's, let's have a, let's have a crazy dream. I don't know what you're going to give me higher self. Give me something intense, something fun. Like, let's do this. And, and so like that has been, it's, it's awesome. And all around, like, it's just kind of showed me that like that attachment, like you said, that my ego created that, that reaching for it just to, it's, it, I called it like a security blanket. Every time I felt anxiety, some sort of stress, I actually, to get to wean off the habit, I wrote down a huge list of all the reasons why I was smoking weed. And it was like 25 things <laughs> and putting that in front of my, in my conscious mind of like, Every time I feel this, I think I need to smoke weed. Every time I feel this, which is the direct opposite of the last one, I also tell myself that I need to smoke weed. And it's yeah. just like seeing that and then knowing when that craving and that feeling comes up of like, okay, is it because I'm, I'm telling myself this story? Is it because I'm telling myself, I'm giving myself this excuse to reach for it and take a hit, whatever it is. And so it's definitely been a journey, but it feels good. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to cut it out forever. It's, it's like, the, the, just don't be dependent on exactly the, the attachment and the dependency. So it's been, it's been big. Fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That's the goal. Getting, getting there slowly. It's I'm, I feel like I'm at this stage now where there's, well, I've cut it down to like a few times a day as opposed to smoking like hourly. Yeah. Uh, Um, and now several times when I smoke, I'm like, why the fuck did I do this? Now I'm tired. I have a headache. Yeah. I can't concentrate to read i was like this sucks i was fine before i smoked i literally was chilling i wasn't even anxious now i smoke and i can't do shit and it's just like super frustrating so i feel like that association now i'm gonna start being like okay i don't need to be like perpetually high it's actually this is very damaging at this point now yeah Uh, that's definitely where it got to with me for towards the end too so it's you know making making steps which is good and uh yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's all you can do especially when it's when it's weaning off of a habit that has been so ingrained in your way of living you know for me it's like grew up in colorado that's like straight weed culture it's like i was smoking pretty much every day since i was like 17 18 years old and so it's like i can't just at the snap of a finger cut that out because then it's almost like I'm doing that out of a state of fear as well. It's like, and so that just brings back more fear. And so it's like just day by day, each time you don't reach for it, it's like, that's a win. And maybe instead of reaching for it eight times throughout a day, you reach for it seven, then six and then five. And it's just like, it's a consistent process, just like everything else. Definitely. Definitely. Um, just seeing the progress so far has been, yeah, and being able to dream again has been definitely a great, uh, great feeling. So, are you starting to lucid dream? Are you living up to your name? Yeah, I, I haven't been suppressed it for such a long time because I lucid. I see now that I've been looking back and like analyzing shit, 
I didn't even like realize I've been lucid dreaming for a really, really long time. My some of my first memories as a kid are lucid dreams. And I don't know why, like I've described them to people so many times. And then I didn't even I described it to someone recently. I was like, I just verbatim described a lucid dream. I've been doing this since I was five or six. Um, and then I spoke to my mom recently and I was like, I remember listening to these like guided meditation tapes. Why did I listen to those? I remember doing it, but I have no clue why she's like, we used to have a ton of trouble sleeping. And I was like, what? I thought I had fucking like, I I know I was always a very like competitive kid. So I thought I had like anger issues or something with being over competitive. So I thought my parents got me these tapes. So I like wouldn't be an asshole in baseball or something, (laughs) but it was because I like had a ton of trouble sleeping, which I have no recollection of. Um, so that's very interesting. I'm wondering if it was weird, just as having these weird, like lucid dream, like out of body experiences as a kid was just like, fuck sleeping. <laughs> Maybe, scary. dude. Maybe that's what you're getting back towards right now with the, the hemi-sync stuff and, you know, starting to have, like practice astral projection and all that stuff. It's like, it's, it's the, it's the suggestions that your higher self planted before you, before you came into this world. That's what's so crazy too. Everything I feel like I've learned is so comprehensive where it all teaches the next thing. Like as far as me getting my bachelor's in electrical engineering, well now it's being found out that like a lot of spiritual connection is highly connected to electromagnetic fields. Like the field, like I was talking about the field of the earth and telepathy. And it's just like, I understand this stuff on such an intense like level that it just like it really resonates with me. Um, it's just like I feel like I went to college and got a bachelor's in what later would be spirituality <laughs> yeah, for me in preparation for for that bridge into into the spiritual realm, you know. And it's like again that concept: the soul living outside of time. It sees that path. It sees every possible path, and it's like, all right, I'm gonna do this. You know, it's like not gonna know why for a long time. Yeah. And that's yeah. the that's the journey. It's it's remembering, basically. It's not it's not even learning, it's unlearning to then remember like, oh shit, like this is this is my truth, this is my authenticity that's like deep in my heart, you know? Yeah. Which is cool because something I was talking to uh Mimi Page about is kind of on an astrological sense, is I forgot specifically what planet but there is an alignment that exists that's identical from the so the day you're born it this planet system becomes aligned again with you when you turn 30 i was just reading about this is it saturn it might be saturn yeah yeah Yeah. it is saturn yeah it's a rebirth it's like your spiritual rebirth so you go through that from you know 27 to 30 and then 30 is kind of you coming out of this cocoon yeah and i was wow that's really fucking cool because it's exactly what it's felt like 27 it's just like it that was was crazy shit for me i've had a a lot of spiritual realization over the last three years through some very hard lessons um but it's yeah dude it's it was very much necessary i'm like looking at the other end of it i was like I had some learning to do. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's just the next phase, just more learning with, still a, do. Yeah, with, an, ex- still with do. an expanded awareness. And it's like, it's just like, it's, you know, now you're leveling up. Exactly Hell what yeah. it is. Hell yeah, yeah man. <laughs> next level. What, uh, 
what's what's directly next for Lucid and music releases so people can uh, know what uh, what's coming out soon? Yeah. So, uh, do you, when is this airing? Uh, probably within the next four weeks, five weeks. Okay, cool. So, I mean, it'll be announced by then, but, uh, October 2nd is right now the date we have for the, uh, luminescent EP. Okay. And the idea behind that is luminescence is cold light or it's light that's produced without, uh, heat because normally heat, uh, excites photons, photons get released and that's how you see light. It's, you know, our most typical form, but this is actually like, for example, like jellyfish or something you see they're, they're luminescent because they produce cold light. Fireflies, and, right? Fireflies yeah. are luminescence. Yeah, exactly. So like biochemical light. Um, and my idea behind this is it's kind of what's going on in the music industry right now is since we're going through COVID and people aren't going to shows, we're experiencing music in a new way, live sets sitting on our couch. We're getting more immersed in the story, the melodic, uh, you know, kind of entanglement that's there. So that's why it's a new form of light. We're rediscovering energy and like hype, but not in this heat way. Like everything doesn't have to be fucking heat to give off light. So that's the idea behind luminescence um, is this new kind of, weird shit it's yeah it's honestly the kind of shit i've been doing but now now other people are doing it and they like it so it feels great <laughs> hell yeah i'll no, uh weird melodic shit too is that coming out on wakan or susquan yep. yeah so that's gonna be wakan i'm working on uh something for susquan as well still not sure the conceptual idea behind that ep um i haven't even really sent that over i've, I've sent samples over to like martin and loper and They've been, you know, pretty down with what I've been sending over, but still no solidified concepts. I think I'm actually want to do something kind of about the astral world. And I've been showing you the little character dude I've been making. I actually just finished rendering. It looks really cool. I'll have to show you before we hop off. Hell yeah. But um, yeah, something, something there. I was thinking like 5D or something, you know what I mean? Because it's like... Uh, That's where we're headed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well... For everyone listening, I'll I'll link to your socials, uh, where they can find your music, uh, the Wakan socials as well, so they kind of know uh, the the source of where that stuff will be coming out. But hell yeah, man! I'm excited to share this conversation with everybody. It was a doozy. Yeah, yeah. Make some head too, spin. <laughs> a lot better than like uh what dog do you use yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah it's, well uh, definitely it's, it's good because i've always wanted to talk about this stuff and i've been kind of touching upon it i did a guided meditation last week that was actually hemi-sync um i did one of the the monroe institute ones with everyone so that was cool i've been slowly trickling it in there but this is definitely a good comprehensive touch on like everything so yeah definitely and like thanks uh, thanks for having me yeah of course man very grateful for our relationship and uh being able to have these conversations with you um uh i'm just ready for what comes next i i think that you know it's amazing that you're infusing the meditations and things like that with your community. And I'll link to the Facebook community, um, all of that stuff. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, thanks again for, for doing this. We'll do it again. Uh, definitely in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have to catch up. And once we're, you know, projecting all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll maybe we'll do an episode in the astral. 
Yeah, there we go for all our astral friends out there. <laughs> yeah, Tune there in, go. seven hertz. There we go. Exactly. All right, cool, man. Well, thanks again. All right. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you.